Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. It'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well while you're at it at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating review as well. That truly does help me out quite a bit with growing this uh, this podcast that I'm doing for all y'all so that would be much much appreciated uh tough weekend folks real tough weekend back-to-back losses uh in regulation losing four points um not not great and and that pretty much sums up the weekend they didn't play well uh, this is a team that was noticeably tired, especially last night in the third period. You could totally see them in the final minute. They were trying to muster up a comeback against Ottawa. Uh, they were able to get a couple of goals, but at the end of the day, just ran out of juice. And, you know, they just didn't have legs that last 40 to 50 seconds when they, they had possession in the zone. And then they just couldn't do anything. Right. So it's just, you know, unfortunate, uh, you know, they, they, this is a tired team. They played a lot of games in this condensed season. And now currently they've got, what, four nights off until they play again on uh, on Friday. So, you know, they, they, they got their rest now. <laughs> That's for sure. This team has their rest now. And because of this four day hiatus and also the next couple of weeks, actually, uh, the the Leafs aren't really playing many games. They got like three or four games in the next uh, nearly two weeks. So because of these this two week period right now, um, it's actually a great time for them to try and pull off a trade. And I'll explain more about that later in the podcast. Uh, but that is going to be a, a discussion that we have later in the show. Uh, but obviously, I want to keep talking about talking about last night and and the weekend overall. Um, but slow starts are starting to become a bit of a pattern. Like I would say, this started back. Even the Edmonton games, like although Toronto beat Edmonton down to a pulp and really limited, uh, you know, McDavid and and their offense as a whole, almost shut them out three games in a row. I get that, but they started out slow those first couple games. Like you remember, they were outshot like six, seven, eight, nothing the first five minutes of the game, and then Toronto finally woke up, and then it was the Leafs from there on out. But the first few minutes of the game, you know, the the Leafs are a little late to the party it seems like uh, and this is becoming a bit habitual and this is not a good sign it's really not um you could say yeah last night it was their second game in as many nights playing a fresh Ottawa team and Ottawa always comes to play the Leafs hard so you know they're going to come out uh, like gangbangers of course so you know there's that excuse the fact that the clocks went forward an hour so the Leafs lost an additional hour of the day plus for whatever reason they decided to travel on game day and and you know I've heard a bunch of uh people talking over the course of the last you know 24 hours about how that's that's like a no-no like that just that doesn't happen in the modern NHL era um you know these guys are are, are creatures of habit and to travel on a game day you know throws these players off and you could tell when they start out slow like that there's a bunch of factors that that led to the such slow start but you know that's one thing that I think certainly didn't help 
the fact that it was their second game in as many nights, and the fact that they've just played a lot of hockey. You know, we we knew it was gonna it was gonna happen, right? They had yet to get that bye week that that a lot of teams are getting. Um, they finally have it now, but last night was kind of the last one. So I, it was also maybe just a psyche thing. You know, they're like, all right, we finally got to it the last night, and they let their foot off the pedal a little bit. You know, they're like, okay, we, we're gonna get a break or a nice couple of couple of days, and you know, it's kind of like uh, the last day of school. You know, the last couple days you don't really try hard you don't really do anything you just got your mind ready for summer vacation and the last couple days are just you show up because you got to but you know you're not putting in the work and trying to to put your best effort forward for the last day of school right and I think that's kind of similar to to what we saw happen the past couple of games certainly last night just a gas they're ready to go all eyes on the forward not on the present and they got off to a slow start Joey Decord gotta give a hat off to that kid um he played well last night too, right? We can't just say that this was Toronto who was playing poorly. Ottawa played well, right? They deserve that win. They earned that victory last night for sure. You know, I don't want to sit here and just say every time Toronto loses, it's because, uh, you know, excuses. They just lost because they were the worst team last night. That was it. They did not play well, and the Senators did. And the score sheet reflected that. You know, Senators end up winning that game 4-3. Joey Decord, though, and the way that this game all started, too. So this is the funny thing. You can't really even say that Toronto uh, were thrown off pattern and, and they were thrown uh, thrown off by the travel day, the hour added, because the hour added also works for Ottawa. They also had, you know got an hour. I get they didn't play the night before, but still. But how's this for a curveball if you're the Senators? You went into that game. You went into warm-ups with Matt Murray being your starting goaltender, and then all of a sudden, a couple of minutes into warm-ups, he goes off the ice, and they say, actually, we're giving the net to Joey Decord. Matt Murray can't go tonight, can't get warmed up. And all of a sudden, Matt Murray's your, your number one. Or uh, Joey Decord's your number one, a guy who's never won a game in the NHL in his life. You Like, like how's that for being thrown... Uh, thrown off of off of schedule, right? Like you're going you're you were not expecting that if you're the Ottawa Senators. That could have messed with their psyche, but it didn't. You know, it, it didn't. They actually wanted to go out there and perform and play better for him, play better for their backup goalie. Something the least didn't want to do for Hutchinson last night. And uh boy, how I've gone this long without actually putting a lot of this blame on Michael Hutchinson is actually uh, a skill. I would say that I've had because that was really the game. You know, Hutch gives up two goals within seven seconds, you know, midway through the first period. And and that was it, you know, um, got yanked the first one that went right through him right under his arm. He needed to have that one. And then the second one, you know, Ryan Dezingle kind of just walks in right off the face off. No one picked him up, just allowed him to walk out in front and went five hole on uh, Hutchinson right in front of him. So two very, very weak goals, an ugly game for him. He got yanked within the first 10 minutes of that one, and, and Freddie had to go in, which I also found interesting because if you recall, and maybe this is be- this had something to do with the fact um, that they just didn't have another goalie with them with Campbell Hurt, but if you recall, Usually when Freddie gets the night off, he completely gets the night off. Like, he goes up in the press box or doesn't even come to the rink. Like, I don't really know what he does the night that he's not there. But the nights where Campbell or or Hutchinson play, he's not on the roster. 
Like they they put the third goalie in, which had been you know whether it was Hutchinson um, or Aaron Dell at the time, or even Joseph Wool a couple of times got to sit with a ball cap on on the bench. Last night that didn't occur. Last night Freddie Anderson actually had to sit on the bench, and I think because a Jack Campbell wasn't ready to go, the thought was that he might be ready to play on uh, on the weekend because I'd heard that he'd been practicing with his green pads and with the St. Patties that that would make sense that timeline, but wasn't able to go. Still not ready uh, for game play. Therefore, they only had two goalies with them because Joseph Wall actually played for the Marlies on Friday night and I guess wasn't available to come up and play for them. So um, they were forced to put Anderson on the bench and after two week ones, forced to put him on the ice and, and actually play. So he didn't end up getting the night off, which uh, I think is the only reason why they make that play is because they knew they were getting four days off in a row. Um, if there was another game on Tuesday or Wednesday, I, I think they say you got to roll with Hutch. He's got to deal with it, even if they get bounced around like 6 7 nothing at the end of the night. He wasn't leaving the net. But the fact that there was that stretch of, of rest coming up, they probably said, all right, let's just try and stop the bleeding here. And it's our last game. Let's try and go out on a winning note um, going into this bye week. And let's get Freddie in there. Maybe that can stall things and get this team going and you know it did I think the, the they played a little bit better like Hyman ended up going out there scoring cut the lead in half but uh, at the end of the day Ottawa just just outperformed them just just they did outperform them they scored early they scored the uh, first couple of goals took a lead and then really played back and and played structured and um, you know DJ Smith he's he's kind of got like the number of the Maple Leafs like, Ottawa, they play them well every time. Like, out of all seven teams in this division or the other six teams, it seems like Ottawa has been the one team that has consistently given Toronto fits, has consistently, you know, been the team to give them the best games. And it's just so bizarre because they're at the complete opposite end of the standings. The complete opposite end of where they are, you know, as as... As organizations, you got this team that's solidified at the top of their game, trying to go win a Stanley Cup. And then you've got the Ottawa Senators, who are right in the middle of a rebuild, um, kind of just over that hump where I think last season was kind of their their like worst year that they were expecting. And now they're kind of, they got Stutzler, they got Batherson, Josh Norris is rolling, Eric Branstrom has come up and, and played a couple of games. Uh, now they got this Joey DeCord kid, they signed Matt Murray, which hasn't worked out. But regardless, it's just, it's so bizarre that. <laughs> the Leafs can't figure out how to put the Ottawa Senators to bed. Meanwhile, a majority of the rest of the division can, you know, mop the floor with this team. Like the Sens lost back-to-back games to Edmonton, like 6-1, 5-1, 7-2, something like that um, earlier in the week. It's it's just super, super bizarre how well Ottawa can play. And I think it's just the fact that DJ Smith knows this team so well. Like two years ago, he was a member of this coaching staff. So he knows Marner, he knows Matthews, he knows his strengths, where they like to get to in the ice. He knows the holes in Morgan Riley's game. He knows the holes in Freddie's game. And they know how to, like, limit Toronto. And it's just, <laughs> it sucks because these are points that, that the Leafs desperately need. Like, Minnesota, or, uh, Winnipeg's right on our heels. You know, I'm pretty sure, actually, Winnipeg, as it sits right now, leads the Leafs in... Um, they lead, yeah, they're ahead of the Leafs when it comes to the standings based on points percentage. 
It's actually scary. <laughs> when you think about how much Toronto had such a big lead, they were up like 11 points or something like that just a couple of weeks ago after that run in Edmonton. And then all of a sudden, now, you know, it's they've lost five of six games and the sky is falling. The sky is falling here in Toronto. It's it's interesting, man. And uh, sorry, they're actually tied in terms of points percentage right now. But Winnipeg has three games in hand. So if Winnipeg rattles off all three of those wins, um, and they win all three of those games in hand, they actually do pass Toronto. There's just four points between the two. And Winnipeg's got three games in hand. And, and they play each other a lot down the stretch. I think they still got like six or seven games to go against each other. It's going to be big, right? So losing that game on Saturday and losing that series all around, giving Winnipeg five of six points when they come to Toronto, um, going into a week where Toronto's about to have a break, wasn't uh, it wasn't a good thing. It definitely wasn't. That wasn't how I think the Leafs wanted to end this last stretch of six, five, six games before going on this break. And now, you know, there's a lot of question marks on this team heading into the break and heading into the rest of the season where Toronto has Stanley Cup aspirations. And now you look at how badly, you know, or, or the fact that they're not as dominant as we thought they were starting to regress a little bit. And it's like, okay, can they even beat Winnipeg? Let alone, can they compete with the rest of the league? Can they beat Winnipeg? Shoot, they're having troubles against Ottawa. <laughs> like, so it's, it's, uh, I'm not quite like hitting the panic button too, too much. I still think that Toronto's a really good team. Like they are. They're, they're uh, 19, 9, and 2. They have not played well the last month or so. Like not even. Like really, I guess ever since they beat Edmonton, um, <laughs> they haven't been good. I don't want to place the blame on Freddie, but since Freddie returned, they've struggled and they haven't won a lot of games. Um, you know, I think this offense isn't scoring as much as they were. Um, and it's just, it's not all coming together at the right time. Like, one night you got Marner and Matthews going, then the other night just, you know, you got Nylander going, and then, or you got the that third line that when Hyman was playing with Engvall and, and Mikheyev, that line was going, but the rest weren't scoring. You know, not everything has been clicking. I think for Toronto as of late, and um, you know there was ex- there there should have been ex- expectations to see some regression. I don't think this team was going to be like an 800 win percentage team or 750 win percentage team the the whole way. So I think we should have expected a little bit of a, a downturn, but it's kind of the way that they're they're losing games, and a lot of it has to do with with some suspect uh, goaltending. Really, um, like a lot of them, they just got out goaltended. Right, like David Riddick came in, had some strong games against him in Calgary. Thatcher Demko has played really strong in those two games they lost to Vancouver. And then just this past weekend, Connor Hellebuck was outstanding in that series against Toronto. And then Brassois came out and got a win against them on Saturday. And then uh, last night, losing to Joey Decord. Um, so it's just kind of a, a big mess. Like a lot of, not a mess, sorry, that's the wrong way to say it. A lot of things are going wrong for Toronto right now. 
right now, where earlier in the year it was all kind of going right. You know, they were winning a lot of those one-goal games. They were getting good puck luck. Their PDO was was quite high, and now it's all starting to regress, and we're starting to see, um, you know, their numbers kind of fall back towards the middle of the pack, and they're just a 500 team their last 10 games. So I don't expect that to continue going forward. I think this break is, is perfect timing, uh, and hopefully – they're going to get two days off, like completely. They're off today on Monday. They're off on Tuesday, and then they don't even get back to the rink for practice um, until Wednesday. So a couple of days off, away from the rink, refresh, recharge, and away we go. Um, real quick, I just want to give the three stars of uh, last night's game, I suppose, since we always do that after after games. Uh, my third star, and the only leaf to make it on my top three here, is going to be Zach Hyman. Like Zach Hyman, like he is almost every single night, absolute beast out there. Had a couple of goals. Um, again, this is a guy who just does a little bit of everything for Toronto, plays in all situations, and he's producing uh, at a rate that he's quite literally like never produced before. He's he's taken his game to the next level, and uh, he was amazing once again last night. My second star of the night, giving it to young Drake Batherson. Scored a big goal, and I am Batherson is one of the more underrated players in this league. I get that he's had a lot of love recently because he scored recently, uh, but... Honestly, I think that long term, like he's going to be a player and he's going to be a premier player for the Senators. And when they're a good team, which I honestly expect them to be because it seems like they got a good nucleus, right? Josh Morris seems like a good piece. Uh, this Batherson kid, Tim Stutzel is an absolute superstar. Uh, Brady Kachuk. If they can get the goaltending situation all figured out at some point, doesn't look like Matt Murray's going to be that guy, to be quite honest with you. I think they're going to be a good team. But Batherson is really a, a, a player who I think has a, a sound two-way game. Uh, I think size has got like over 50 hits on the year, too. And I remember he was being classified by Craig Button, a TSN uh, analyst, as like a Mark Stone light type kid back when he was playing in the minors and still a, a top-end prospect for the Senators. So he's coming out here and he's showing me, yeah, okay, he can kind of play like Mark Stone, score a bunch of goals, play well defensively, lay the body. Yeah, Batherson's a pretty darn good player, and we saw that again last night uh, when he scored. But I guess I could have given it to Tim Stutzler for that amazing pass to set up Batherson as well. That was just filthy. Um, but the first star of the night, got to give it to Joey Decord. Uh, it was a great story. Made 33 stops. And like I said, he didn't even know he was going to play. Post-game, he he told us how that all went about. And if you missed the Joey Decord post-game uh, interview, go and listen to it. It was fantastic. It really kind of tugged at the heartstrings. And even as a Leaf fan, you're sitting there saying, wow, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with the loss because you know, I got to witness that that great moment for Decord and kind of be a, you know, a reason for why that happened was because the Leafs lost. That, that, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but no, he, he was fantastic last night. Made a lot of really good stops. And, you know, the Leafs, they, they made a late push. Um, but ultimately, Decord shut the door and, and only allowed three. Didn't allow that fourth goal. Although you could admit, technically, he did allow four because the McKayev goal went, was waved off, which I think was absolute nonsense. But uh, I'm not going to pick fights with the refs here on this pod. But ultimately, you know, Decord... Um, first star of the night, first career NHL win, uh, and I, I really do 
want you to go and take a look at that uh, that post gamer. He, he nearly teared up and just seems like a, a chipper, upbeat guy. And he even said, he's like, yeah, you know, he told me uh, a couple minutes before warm-ups, Matt Murray said to him, hey, not feeling quite right. I'll let you know in a couple of minutes. You might have to go in tonight. A couple of minutes goes by, looks at him, gives, a, gives him a shake, says, I can't go. And Court said himself, he said, oh, guess I'm going in. I'm going to win tonight. And that's what went through his, his, his head. And then he went out there, performed the way he did, kept that team in it, and ultimately won the game and took a full two points from the Maple Leafs. And really, that's what the Ottawa Senators want to do. They know they're not going to compete for a playoff spot, but for them, taking away two full points from the Leafs, their their, their arch nemesis, the rival, um, that's really like what they're fighting to do each and every night, is, is not win because they think that they're in a playoff race, but when to mess up with other teams' playoff races and playoff chances. And, uh, you know, that's that's what they did last night. And Joey Decord was, uh, was you know, the main piece of that puzzle coming in uh, as the goaltender on such short notice. So a great story and my first star of the night. All right, we'll take one more break. And when I do... I told you I was going to talk about the trade deadline and that I think now is the time to make a deal. I will explain why I believe this is the case and come up with some players who I think might be uh, options for the Maple Leafs or who I think would bolster the Maple Leafs or what they could do at the deadline. Kind of walk you through what their approach should be. And I'll do all that next, uh, but keep it right here. We're going to have a word from our sponsors on the Locked On Lease podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. For today's matchup, we got Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. That is a difficult one. I'm not a big mint guy myself, so I'm inclined to go with Toffee Almond because I love toffee and I love almonds. And I've tried both of these bars, actually. And Toffee Almond, for me, is definitely the one that I'll be voting for. Who are you going to vote for? Go to BuiltBar.com or do at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Just a reminder, this is a daily 
Lease Podcast. And if you are not subscribed quite yet, make sure you do. Hit that subscribe button and uh, to make sure that you get this podcast downloaded directly to your phone each and every day to keep up with what's going on in Leafs Nation. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. And um, so the Leafs going on a, a bit of a hiatus here. They've got four nights off in a row, which is something that we haven't quite seen at all this season. It's been pretty, you know, filled with hockey like all year long it's like you got i think the most we've had is like two nights off but this is the first kind of bye week i guess that the leafs uh, are able to get so and it's come at a perfect time like i alluded to earlier in the podcast i think this is exactly what the leafs need they seem really really tired at the end of that Sens game and they could use a couple of days off um so no practice today no practice on tuesday they'll get back onto the ice on wednesday and thursday uh before playing on friday against the calgary flames and that's kind of why i think that now is a time to really look looking to make it a trade if I'm Toronto like right now I think is the most opportune time so the league is lobbying to try and reduce the quarantine period for players coming into into Canada from the U.S. teams at the deadline they're trying to to limit it from like right now it's 14 games 14 days that they have to quarantine you know they don't really get any special permission um like well, yeah, just like nobody. They, they just don't get special permission. They, just like you and I, if we go to the States and come back or travel in, in any way or around the world and come back home, we also have to isolate for 14 days. It's the same with the players in the NHL. That's exactly what happened to Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Winnipeg Jets were missing out on, on a top-end player for a couple of weeks there. Obviously, they're able to weather the storm because they are such a, a talented, deep team. Um, but you know Toronto, if they're in a situation where they got to make a trade, why not make it now? Why not make it earlier where they don't play as many games um, in the next couple of weeks like they do later on when the deadline actually is here on April 13th, right? So that's, that's kind of what, what my thinking is and why I think now, the next couple of days should be a time where Kyle Dubas should be trying to make a trade. Uh, it'd be a good time to acclimate them with it in practice, get them, you know, with their um, with the coaches, be able to do some sessions with them uh, virtually. Uh, obviously, they can't get on the ice, but if you're not playing and you have time off, like the least play two games in the next ten days, two just two games. So they got a four day. Uh, hiatus this week. They don't play again until Friday. They play back to back Friday, Saturday, and then they're off again until next Thursday. So legitimately eight of the next 10 days are off days for the Maple Leafs. So it's a really good time to try and integrate a new player into the lineup, into the into the system, and you don't miss games, right? You're not going to miss a lot of games, even if they don't end up getting the uh, exception where I think I heard they're trying to bring it down from 14 to 10, if not seven days of quarantine, um, of consistent negatives, obviously, uh, until they're able to play again. And uh, so I think if that occurs, that's obviously great. Because if you make a trade in the next, let's say, 72 hours, you only miss two games. As opposed to, a, you know, if it is 14-day period where you would miss one, two, three, four, five games, which still isn't that bad. Only five games over the next 14, 14 days. 
You know, so that that even then, that's not terrible. That's a lot better when you consider how many games are played the last 14 games. They played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they played eight in the previous 14, which would have sucked to have to miss, you know, a guy who you're adding to be a piece. Not only the guy you're adding, but for this team, in order to make a trade, it's got to be dollar in, dollar out. So if you're adding somebody of substance with you know term or with uh, money on their deal, someone's got to go out, and you're also missing that player for the next couple of weeks until that the, the guy who you traded for is able to come back into your lineup. So you know, even if it is 14 games uh, or 14 day quarantine, only five games as opposed to like eight like it would have been, isn't that bad. So that's why the timing right now, I think, is key for Dubis to try and make a deal in the next little bit, um, in the next like few days, really, I think is key. What should the Leafs do at the deadline, though? This might be a answer that I may have for you tomorrow because I'm already up to about 25 minutes and uh, well let's face it we got four days of no games so we've got plenty of time to talk about speculation and that's what I do best and I'm sure I could come up with a trade scenario segment uh, over the next few games so since we're at 25 minutes already I'm just going to leave you with a sweet little tease because I do have a few options that I really think Toronto should be making a run at so I will let you know who those options are tomorrow. And in order to get that information, you're going to have to subscribe to the Lockdown Lease podcast and get that tomorrow. Um, all right. That's going to do it for me here today, though. Um, yeah, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. If you liked what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast for Daily Leaves content. Follow me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. And uh, I'll be back again tomorrow. Like I said, going to be talking about some trade candidates around the league who I think would fit perfectly with Toronto as the trade deadline nears and as we really get into a, a great portion of the schedule where I think it just makes sense to make a deal over the next couple of days. So I'll tell you who I have on my list of guys who I think that the Leafs should be eyeing and taking a a double-barrel sniff at in the upcoming days. Until next time, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.